0: Hi, welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. I'm Rob, at least I think I am. I may be in phantom mode this week. We're coming to you from an old Parisian opera house. And I was thinking, if you were a phantom these days, what would you want to haunt? Now I know, Zach, you probably, I would say, an Ollie's?
1: One of the lone remaining Ponderosa Steakhouses. With the little tacos. the little tacos and those awesome chicken wings. But speaking of phantoms and
0: whatnot, I was thinking of Universal Monsters and the legacy of their films. And now, there's
1: a lot of misnomers here. We're probably going to talk about the main ones, but there are a
0: lot more than what you think. Well, that's
1: the thing, because when people think Universal Monsters, they think Dracula, Frankenstein, the Bride of Frankenstein, the big eight movies, the Wolfman, Invisible Man, etc. But you look at it... The Universal movies ran from 1923 when the original Hunchback of Notre Dame came out. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. With Lon Chaney Sr. And went up to 1960 was the last one technically of the Universal monster because they defined it as, what was it, any science fiction, horror, or fantasy movie produced by Universal Studios At the time, and it went from 23 to 60 and ended with The Leech Woman, which I want to see because I'd never even heard of. You
0: always would see the little world with the plane going around
1: it. Yeah. That's how it would start off. Yeah, the, the old Universal Pictures. It
0: looked like one of those old newsreels. It's amazing how much the legacy of these goes on. I mean, they're everywhere. There's postage stamps. Well, there's, there's the Aurora Monster models, which, if you've ever seen, are really, really neat. Look them up sometime, or we'll put pictures of them. I think
1: I've seen them. We'll throw, I'll throw a link to Everybody's I like them. Everybody's seen
0: them. There's documentaries on them, and they're Buku Bucks, if you can find yeah. them now. There's, of course, Famous Monsters of Filmland with the Basil GoGo's covers, which are incredible. But there's a lingering power for these things still, where they just hang around like a good monster. They're never really
1: dead. Right. And a lot of horror movies, quote-unquote horror movies these days, they're forgotten after, what, three years? But you look at when Dracula came out in, what, 1931? Yeah. Yeah, 1931. People still know, whenever they hear Bela Lugosi, they think Dracula. Yes.
0: And really, in my view, we'll get to it. I really don't even think he was the best
1: one, but that image. No, he wasn't, but he was the iconic one. He was really the um, first one to play Dracula. You have to ignore the um, Nosferatu because it was Count Orlock. because there was the lawsuit between Bram Stoker's widow... Yep. And the film producers, so they couldn't use Dracula. And we'll get to it a little bit about Karloff and Lugosi, but one of the things
0: Bela had as a victory after death is his stamp and his Dracula imagery sells more than
1: Karloff stuff. It, that it does, and, you know, what a sad end of life for that yeah. man who was one of the best, sta- one of the top stage yes. actors in... Um... And actually a Roman in Hungary. Well, yeah, in Hungary. And I'm not going
0: to do his last name, but his real one is because... Lugos, I think? Something. something along that name? But one of the things I was going to go back and start at the Phantom of the Opera, but you said the Hunchback of Notre Dame. The Hunchback of Notre Dame,
1: Fighting Irish. Yeah, that was the first one in 1923, and I remember that one. That was the old Lon Chaney one, Lon Chaney Sr. Even though technically Lon Chaney Jr.'s birth name was Creighton, yes, but he went by Lon Chaney. And he wasn't. I know his dad didn't want him to get into acting. No, he did not. um, but that was the very, very first one, and, the, and it took me a while to see that the first version of the Hunchback I ever saw actually was uh, was Charles Lawton, probably. Yeah, as uh, Quasimodo, and that was a a fantastic, fantastic one. Yes, but then you see the old silent version of it with Lon Chaney Sr. It's like. And what's amazing
0: again is he was called the Man of a Thousand Faces, and amazing what he did to get into roles, the physical abuse he took for that thing he put on there, he had the hump on. Yeah, the
1: hump, the, uh, the, the facial prost. I, I don't even know if they were prosthetics back then.
0: No, and everything thing is, he did a lot, because especially they were silent. He did so much physical. Well,
1: and that was the thing with silent movies. That's why every people kind of laugh at it. You really had to emote big gestures. George the Animal Steel would have been good in them. Yeah, because you couldn't speak, and you had to portray your emotions through... That's why people were like, acting ham emotion, but yeah, ham it up. You had to in those days, you know. So it was tough on
0: vegetarians to ham it up in those days. So you didn't have a lot of them for actors. But um ching. But one of the things too is most of these were based on works of fiction and classic works. So this is, of course Victor Hugo's
1: Victor Hugo, which, yes. <laughs>
0: I've actually read once, I think.
1: You know, I own it, never read it. But I
0: remember the last line I always thought was very touching when he's sitting there as out there and he's looking out very sad, going, I wish I was made of stone like the air of the gargoyle.
1: I, I was just going to say that was the famous Charles Lawton line. I think it's made uh, many of the... AFI lists of best closing lines. Like, I and wish I, think, I was stone like me. Now, the... I may be
0: wrong, but I think his character is also
1: deaf because of the bell ringing. Right. He was, well, deaf, if not partially deaf or hearing impaired. Because sitting
0: up there with the bells ringing all the time. Yeah.
1: And I don't know if I'd really call that a horror movie or, like, no, gothic. No, I would call it more like a gothic fantasy. Yeah. Uh, because, obviously, the idea of a hunchback is not... Fiction, it is real. They, you know, there is a condition, I can't remember what it's called dwarfism. But, a little bit, well, too no, a... just when they actually are hunched over and have the hump. Um, and it wasn't scary because he wasn't truly a monster, he was just a misshapen person that was hated because of how he looked. A lot of ways, it was very sad. I remember the it one part
0: where they get him, they make fun of him, they put a gestures hand, yeah, they on put him. the
1: gestures crown on him and parade him through the streets. Yeah. And it was just, but a very good movie.
0: Oh, excellent! And I, a lot of people these days, I think, for film too, they don't get
1: silent and all these because you're used to action. You have to really get into well, the story because our attention spans are are so short these days. What is it? Seven? That's why TV show half-hour TV shows go seven minutes in between commercials because that's all we can take. But the beauty of an old silent movie, yeah. You, you, To know that you can portray or get so much emotion through music, and especially back in the 10s and 20s, they were doing some interesting cinematic things. Oh, yes, and I mean, I talk about attention spans now, but uh, let's talk about something
0: else. I can't remember that one. (laughs) Phantom of the Opera, though. Oh, the Phantom? Yeah.
1: That was was a spooky one. I know Ray
0: Bradbury would say in one of the biggest horror film moments in cinematic history was the reveal. I was
1: going to say the reveal. That is the iconic, when the mask comes off and you see the, the the face of the Phantom for the first time, played by Lon Chaney Sr. And again, there's again. a little thing about,
0: we'll say the basic Universal Monsters, because, again, there's a lot more than we're talking about. Right. There's a bit of a sympathetic element to a lot of them, where they're not really bad guys. It's almost like a tragic element. Well, and the story behind it, it's a Gaston LaRue novel, which I finally I read. I was going to
1: ask, was it a novel, or was it just the, a stage play? Because yeah, It was I've a novel the by
0: Gaston LaRue, which okay. I only found out about, like, five years ago. I did not know that. And it's about a composer who gets his work stolen and he gets disfigured, so he ends up haunting the opera house. Yeah.
1: Which is kind of very similar to House of Wax in some ways. Well, if you, House of
0: the Wax. plot comes up in a lot of horror: the wrong person who gets injured, maimed, then comes back. as a scary,
1: or oh, like any of the uh, bad surgery things, like uh, the Mad Doctor, the the Mad Love, or things like that. But I remember
0: hearing stories like a young Ray Bradbury, who was five, said that was his moment, like for theater,
1: everything for film, where he saw I can this, imagine.
0: and I guess people literally fainted seeing Oh, this. I would
1: met seeing it in real I mean, even seeing it in the more modern times it was still a little shocking.
0: And it's been around I've never seen, did you see the play ever? The musical? Yes,
1: I saw the play in Toronto at the Pantages Theatre back in the mid-90s. And not with Paul Stanley playing No, it, it? no, it was Colm Wilkinson <laughs> who did a fantastic, he's the one whose voice is on most of the, the soundtracks you would buy from that era.
0: And again, Lon Chaney who does a fantastic job, but the beauty of this movie and it's one of those films that on horror packs comes up, so I have like four yeah I have
1: a lot of uh, several copies It's of it. really beautifully filmed. I and mean, really there's it's Well silent. that's what I mean because with the lack of voice and the lack of sound effects you really had to rely on cinematography but if you look at it it's filmed not only black and white but there's all kinds of different tints i was gonna say there was the tint i
0: think at one point his cape was tinted red and there's a part near the end where he's got like three musketeers hat on or something he looks like he looks like something out of the mask of the red death yeah it's very very cinematically and it sort of fits the thing the theme of a lot of these movies he's not the bad guy by choice
1: no he's the bad guy by context and
0: circumstance in a way yes and he sort of goes unfortunately a little bit too far but ironically there's a tie-in with this and another movie that's coming up dracula because originally todd browning had wanted lon Chaney to do dracula
1: yes they were going to start filming it but he developed cancer and died well did you actually do you know what caused the cancer hmm. it was um He was filming something, I can't remember. Maybe it was, I think, they remade The Unholy Three and made it a speaking movie so he actually could hear his voice. And they had artificial snow, and it was made of cornflakes, and they got lodged in his throat. Oh. And it caused pneumonia and a very bad throat infection. And he died from that, actually. Oh, that's... Sad. It is, But I've
0: heard, I don't know if they started filming, or they never did. I think
1: they, I don't think they ever did. As far as I know.
0: And if you could ever, if you might get an idea, because there's the lost film London After Midnight. Now they found, it's almost I, like Doctor Who's Didn't they
1: find a reel of it or something? They didn't find,
0: but they found the, the storyboard. So what they do is they show it's silent, but they show the pictures of it. Oh, okay. And you might have gotten an idea what his Dracula would have looked like because he plays a vampire in that. I'm going to have to find It's one it of the too. most, but it's out on video now like that, but it's one of those lost movies. Yeah. But one of the ironies is that, Browning wanted anybody but Bela Which is so weird. because Bela was touring in a company of Dracula. Yeah, but he kept looking for other actors, other actors.
1: Finally, oh, do we have to? Well, it's I want, you, but you wonder would it be have been as iconic if he would have chosen someone else? And the thing about Stoker's novel, everybody thinks it's Vlad Teeps. and the, the what
0: I've heard and read and there's a lot of books on it. It really wasn't Teeps. He, he knew about the idea. He took the name, probably. I think he But took it was more the,
1: based on a really famous Irish actor of the day. Well, he took the name and the reputation from Vlad. Because who, you can, who can who have an have idea married, that this
0: really sadistic, bloodthirsty guy would live on it, after death. It, and he was
1: the actual Vlad.
0: Yeah, he was not exactly. And there's some irony about him that there was a Frankenstein... Family. Yes. And they lived over by Switzerland, and they intersected with Vlad Tepes. I guess they were wealthy, and they helped repel them out of the area. Yeah. So there's actually some reality to
1: this, right? But it's not. They weren't building sewn together. Monsters. And they never really say how he became a vampire. No, they just kind of introduced him. And they like, do then, the Dark Universe stuff, they do a little bit of how... Well, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But he is because he is. He's yeah. been around for a long it's time. A, it's like to throw to something I love. It was in the original Night of the Living Dead. It's like, oh, there's the zombies. Yep. That's it. Sometimes, it. maybe a satellite. Who knows?
0: Yeah, they didn't know.
1: They but speculated.
0: For, but for Dracula, it's when I ended up watching it again after reading the book, it's really not a lot like the book.
1: Now the book is... God, it's been so long since I've read the book. It's in journal form. It's all yeah. These journal it's all entries. Jonathan Harker's journals. Journal it's his entries. Van Helsing,
0: and Van Helsing's quite mad in the book. Van Helsing is insane, but but Parker, it's all journal entries. Yeah,
1: that I remember because it was like yeah, the journal entries and the letters to um, what was his Lucy. fiance Lucy, Lucy or, Mina,
0: or Mina? Oh, Mina, Lucy Western gets zapped. Yeah, Mina. Spoilers. The book only came out in the 1800s. Yeah, so hopefully you've read it. And actually, the Gary Oldman film's a lot more accurate, but we're going on the... But this is... I think the... Oh, that one was great. I think the strength of this movie was really the atmosphere. Yes. It was very very dingy, very
1: creepy. And Bela, because Bela looks so unworthy. And it's that accent, because he wasn't playing it up. That was his normal English-speaking accent. But I read... Correct me if I'm wrong, at the time he filmed it, he really didn't understand the English language. No, he did. And he basically just repeated what people told him. So they could have told him to say anything. I want a toasted cheese sandwich. Yeah. I want to say, never mind.
0: But one of the things I would say, if you ever see the DVD, they have the Spanish version, which is actually, it's by different actors. Yeah, that came out, what, a month or two after that. It's actually, it's very good. Very good. If you ever had a chance to watch it, it's a different actor, and they did basically use the same sets and everything. Just the Spanish cast and did the whole movie again. I'm gonna have to watch it. I never did. I knew it. Exi- I know it exists. I've just never seen it. And just to go off on the side a little bit, after this, Bela was in White Zombie. And he was in Island of Lost Souls, which I think was the best. I actually version just of,
1: watched that recently. Best I...
0: version of the Island of
1: Doctor Moreau. It was really good. He played it up real well. He was the the Beast Man. Was the head yeah. of the or the the Sayer of the Law. Yes. Yeah, the sayer of the law. And
0: then, as we go into the next big monster, Bela was slated to play Frankenstein's monster. And now, yes, do we have to say it right uh, now? Yeah, it's, we have to say it. Everybody says Frankenstein. I suppose that would be his surname. Suppose maybe because well, that's He, was sort of he his had
1: no uh, name. Adopted he was, son. He was Frankenstein's monster. If he was adopted, he didn't give him a first. They did in Penny Dreadful, but. Yeah they in the book i don't believe they ever gave the, no he they goes just call on, him the
0: creature one of the things in the book was that some people goof it up and think his name's adam that there was this hubris and because wow. there's a scene there's a scene in the book when he talks to victor it says i was your adam you should have treated me because the idea is he made him then he just abandoned him yeah he and did. in the book, he's very intelligent because he holds up. Oh, highly. And he's intelligent. highly influenced by Plutarch's Lives. There's three books because he listens to his family over the winter, but Karloff did not want him to talk. No, he he wanted him more of the the monster.
1: And than now the disfigured. there's
0: a lot of speculation about this. If you look, you could find old posters that have Lugosi listed. I I know they exist. He was in the movie until about two weeks from shooting, and now there's a lot of speculation of what happened. One of the ones that happened was originally this was the makeup by Jack Pierce that we all think of as Frankenstein. Originally, in the book especially, he looks like the golem. He's yellow, he's tall, he's got very scary eyes. Oh, the old school golem from the silent movie? No, Ghulam. You have the Jewish lights and the Jewish Yeah, yes. Yeah, the Clay Gull. Yeah, okay. so that's what he looked like in the book. And originally the makeup was like that. And the story goes, it just didn't look good. And that they just sort of knew it was a disaster. Right.
1: And the other thing was that Bala just didn't fit the role. No, he really didn't. He was more of the. Yeah, I could see him more of the the vampire type. And now thing. the
0: thing is, he did play Frankenstein's monster down the line in a couple of movies, he and did. he would play Igor as well. And that's another Igor. trivia thing for you, Igor, if you go by Mel Brooks. But the character is not Igor in the first film; it's just Frederick. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that the assistant because you always a mad scientist has to have his assistant. He has to have an
1: Igor. And yep. I don't know what all these scientists are so mad about. I know. Why are they are angry? Are pants they're, so tight they're or something? Genius. No, they're you know their underwear is like a cheap hotel. And the theme actually... Come on. It's like a cheap hotel. No ballroom. Oh, goodness.
0: I wasn't going to say too tight or whatever. Because, yeah, no ballroom.
1: But the thing is, too, if you go back
0: when Shelley wrote the book, they were doing a lot of experiments about trying to bring life back. They would so this was going on at the time where they were trying to bring bodies, shock them, I was gonna, trying to was figure it? out the idea. And there was supposedly a Frankenstein. It was a scientist
1: who tried to experiment with this stuff. Is there any truth? To, have you ever seen the Frankenstein Chronicles? Yeah. Is is there any truth to that that she witnessed like the the electroshock where they would zap a dead frog or whatever and its legs would move? It's because, possible they tried because to because of just you know, they it's thought, Oh, herbs. it's sort of
0: coming alive. So yeah, can you remember,
1: it's, it's remember we're used to how does
0: the creature come to life? How do we see it? The lightning yeah. in the book they don't say. In fact, that's one of the things. No, that, they
1: never do cover it in the book. What do they?
0: Victor does to the captain of the ship in the archangel when they're up by Archangel before he dies, he refused to reveal it. Yeah, that's a good way out too. Because how did she know? Right. Plus, kids don't try this at
1: home. You don't. Want
0: that her. that was the old school way of kids don't try this. At and home. yes, I I think the book, the scenery is really good. The book itself is okay. One of the big flaws I find is okay, the monster comes to him and says. If you build me a mate, we'll go away, we'll leave you alone. You know, for the for the love of one person I'll make peace with everyone. So he's about to do it. Then he destroys it because he figures
1: that It's an abomination.
0: That, that they, he figures they're gonna have kids and they're gonna rule the world. Yes. Could they even have kids or just make it sterile? Well that's
1: that's the thing. Yes, yeah, I'm too nitpicky. Well, you're right. Now, your thoughts on this before we move on. Um, Robert De Niro's version in Mary Shelley's Actually a lot more accurate. Did fantastic. It's a
0: bunch of dead bodies pieced together.
1: Well, and they said that how he got the speech pattern was he spent months speaking with stroke victims to get that kind of slightly slurred speech. And the thing about these but movies... But that was a fantastic version. Wasn't uh, Kenneth Branagh in it? Yeah, he was the doctor. He's a great actor. What the Shout things out to about Kenneth these Branagh. movies, Karloff, now really... Take
0: Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein. They sure. mishmashed the the book. Yes. And a lot of people think Bride of Frankenstein, but look at Bride of Frankenstein, Doctor Pretorius's miniatures. The baby, which you will see in some prints and you won't in others, was a baby Billy Barty.
1: Really? Yes. Who played uh, Bride of Frankenstein? I can't remember the actress. Elsa Lanchester. Okay, I could not remember. And her the other name thing the about that
0: Man. is they. You see it now, but they throw... They had a warning for Frankenstein when you came to the theater. You could see it on some prints where they warned people about fainting and shock. And they never revealed who the monster was. But they cut the part out of early prints where he throws the little girl in the pond. Aww. Because he's playing the throwing days in. He doesn't know. Yeah. So he throws the little girl because then you see the father carrying the girl. But they thought that was too dramatic.
1: Yeah, well, at the time... And looking... Karloff
0: didn't want to talk, so what happened was he played the role in three films. He would go on to Son of Frankenstein. Yes. So what they did was, after the second film when he's talking, and I always remember, unfortunately, or fortunately, the Gene Hackman, Mel
1: Brooks. That was just... Now, interestingly enough, you know, they, Universal gave them the sets. Oh. For the for the scenes in Young Frankenstein, those were Universal sets. Why? We're having to have espresso. Yeah, Where are you going? I was gonna... And it took a long time for me to realize that that was Gene Hackman because no, he I didn't wasn't know cre- he wasn't credited in the.
0: But movie. But one of the things Karloff didn't want the monster to talk, so as a favor to him in the third film. Put him in the roots. <laughs> I Man. had to let me out. Really, let me out in the third film. I'll cave your goddamn heads in. In the third film, they had him silent <clears> again. <throat> yeah, and that was Karloff's last film. That's the first time we saw Igor. It was. And then they kept going on and actually I'm gonna jump ahead a little. Abner Costello meet Frankenstein. Uh, I was gonna say technically. Was technically it was supposed to be called Frankenstein's brain. And the other trivia thing about that, that was the only other time Baylor played Dracula on screen.
1: Yep. He, everybody thinks he, uh, that's all he did was play vampires and Dracula. He played Return of the Vampire. He's a different vampire. But he was only Dracula in two movies. And Which weirdly, a, you have to consider those Abbott and Costello movies as universal horror movies. They were
0: real. They. That was the fifth. It was going to be called Frankenstein's
1: yeah. Brain. And then
0: Ghostbusters 2 literally was a remake of that. They almost were going to do... I think they should have the way they came out. Yeah. But again, they had Dracula. Record- they sort of
1: stiffed Bella at the studio because they, well, that and it brought out that big <clears throat> giant uh, lawsuit. Yeah, because Bella Lugosi's son actually he's still alive as a lawyer, and he there was the suit. It was Lugosi versus Universal Pictures about um, they said that the the celebrity's personality rights could not be passed on to the heirs. So he sued Universal Studios, and I believe he won. He does I don't know the details say, of the case. I mean,
0: the depiction of him and Ed Wood by Martin Landau is fantastic. It's but fantastic. It, his sons swear that he was not a vulgarian like that. They said he was well, an old European gentleman. It's not
1: just his son. It was a lot of people that knew him. And the irony is that Martin Landau won an Oscar for that. And, and, he, was, and course, he should have. And, of course, Baylor was buried in his Dracula outfit. Right. But, and that, And that, again, was everybody thought that was his request. No, it was the... <sighs> It was the wife and the son thought that. But what you I wanted to
0: get down a little bit to the whole karloff Lagerfeld thing, and they were in a lot of films together. The Black Hat, I thought, was fantastic.
1: That was a good movie. Uh,
0: weren't they the the
1: body snatchers?
0: Yes, but only a little part for him. He was always Bela's sidekick. It
1: seemed like the Invisible Ray, or oh, I thought Bela was the. Uh...
0: Now, that was Karloff more. But one uh, of the things about how Lugosi supposedly hated Karloff. Now, the story goes, David Skoll is a very good horror historian. He's done a very thorough. I would recommend his books. If you want to follow up on any of this, it's fantastic. Please detail. do. He's very, very good. But he says it's going to come down to this. It's like imagine it's like you're in high school or something and you're sort of not popular and everything. You know somebody. You get along okay with them. But they, they have the life you don't. And apparently, Bella never was harmed by Karloff. In fact, Karloff used to hear, Karloff was very smart with his money. He
1: never had any problems. And he would just shake his head, I guess, to his daughter and say, poor Bella when he heard about him. Well, that's because you have to think about it, such a great actor. He died a drug addict and penniless.
0: Yes. And what they said was, it wasn't that Karloff did anything to him or was mean to him. Yeah, it, was it was just the jealousy. idea that he was doing so well.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't, yeah, he was actually, from what I hear, is he was quite. They were quite cordial to each other. It's fine. just there was an underlying jealousy. And the other thing about Ed Wood, and some people look at this and well, go. You know, Ed Wood, he was who he was, and he was a trendsetter in a lot of ways. But what they say about bail
0: was he didn't hurt him. It gave him work. gave him a little popularity with fans That's again.
1: He may have been stiffed in the payments a little, but he was Well, everybody was working, stiffed. You know, and that was the problem that his son had with Ed Wood. But we'll wrap up the cloth on Frankenstein and talk about the mummy. I see what you did there. The Mummy, was that based on a book or just based on Egyptian legend? Egyptian legend. And actually, I'd love to...
0: That's something because you know how I love history. I'd love to research the whole idea because we know mummification was
1: real. Well, yeah, the mummification process we know is real. where was, was the idea of life? the mummy itself coming back to life? But it's just a great idea.
0: And you remember at the time it was Howard Carter I was going to say that. That
1: was right and around the all this time, other stuff. Or maybe a little
0: after. And the whole idea I could see is it's a good idea. Actually, would you say... First zombie. Think about it. It's technically, dead.
1: technically, yes, uh, because White Zombie was after that. But, but is they it never a zombie? use.
0: They never say he's a zombie. No, they never use
1: the, and word, the word zombie. Up until use- the now, title. remember,
0: there's a couple things about this movie. You only see the mummy at the beginning. You never see it fully. You see it, the guy panicking. You see the bandage walking. Yeah, you too. don't.
1: You don't see him for a while. And
0: then he comes back as like a normal, creepy-looking
1: guy because it's yeah.
0: Carl off. And they have the old idea of killing the woman to bring the reincarnation of his love and moon back. Yeah. And you see The Mummy a lot more. There are sequels, a lot of them played by Lon Chaney Jr. Yeah. yeah. And what they use as an out is they say
1: Tannilys bring him back. And you look at all The Mummy. There was Blood of the Mummy's Tomb, Revenge of the Mummy. Oh, wait, here we got a thing. The Mummy's Hand. Yeah, The Mummy's Hand. Actually, I have the... Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh my God! the are with the movie. Yeah, catalog. the mummy's hand, the mummy's tomb, and the mummy's ghost, the mummy's curse. Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. It's a lot of mummy.
0: Yes, mm-hmm, mummy. a yummy, mummy. Hey, but but again, we go on and we're talking about Universal. But remember that Hammer brought all these back, and they s- were a lot more. You that, saw a lot more mummy in
1: those films, and that's just a teaser because we will have a Hammer horror episode yes because there's a lot and of
0: remember that. a lot of these like we say the legacy of these lives on everywhere and for the mummy though you will be surprised because you'll see the stamp you'll see the iconic thing is boris is the mummy but that's all the mummies in the film in his
1: costume yeah just that one scene but it's scary it's atmospheric and again well and that and that's just what i've been talking with a lot of people about what horror movies like today is that idea of suspense because that's how they rely it could be, because in the twenties, thirties up to the sixties, it was psychological. You didn't know, like a guy opens the door. Is there gonna be something behind the door? You don't know. But now it's like, oh, a door kicks open, there's a guy with a chainsaw. And, and it's the idea shit. there's
0: more things in heaven and earth as these supernatural elements. Yes. You'd see these old films like, for example, Son of Frankenstein and he's looking out. On the moors, you wonder what the heck is out there. There's always the creepy
1: castle. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you, do you see something moving in the distance, or is it your eyes playing tricks? When I was on a you?
0: kid, we used to go by graveyards. I would close my eyes because I was yeah, afraid. It was freaky, and I I couldn't see anything. But since I couldn't see anything, there's one. I think it's a little more obscure, but the, the Invisible, invisible man. man. Um, I didn't see that coming. God. Now, there's a big question. Figure this one out. The book he's never really named, like, it's Griffin. It's Griffin. But Alan Moore, who's very smart on his research and his comic, the League he calls him Holly Griffin. I don't know where that's from because I literally, unless I forgot something in the book, unless it was written in invisible ink. I don't know because
1: I don't know. Keep a counter. That's four invisible puns so far. No, there wasn't. I didn't see any of them. Five. But I don't remember his name ever coming out. No, just just, he was referred to as Griffin. I mean... You know, was that his first name? Was it his last name? But was more called the Holly
0: Griffin. So I wonder where he got that from. Maybe that's another
1: edition could be. But, but the idea again
0: here, you'll see another theme coming up in a lot of these movies because at the time, especially, was science gone
1: wrong? Maybe you had good intentions, and I'm wondering if that had something to do with the times because at the time, a lot of scientific breakthroughs were starting to go. Like all oh, the evils of science, it's going to kill the us people all. People were scared about yeah.
0: that, about all these type of things, and you'll see what this got displaced by in the '50s eventually because horror films reflect. The anxieties of the age In a lot of ways Yes they did But what happened here Obviously it's the scientist Griffin He's experimenting With an invisible formula mm. And it works But it makes him mad Yeah So he shows up At an inn And it's Claude Rains Yeah I was going to say The movie was Claude Rains Who looks very good In the role Of okay. course But he comes in All bandaged up He wants an inn the room in the inn And he wants to experiment He just Leave me alone Leave me alone Yeah that's all he wants and he goes up there, and then he we have the sun where he starts cackling away, removes the bandages, yeah, which terrorizes was, everybody. When
1: you think, you know, it looks cheesy by today's standards, but at the time, that was some pretty... It was imp- actually really neat. That was some pretty impressive special effects for that time period.
0: And he's running around, causing trouble and everything else. And there were actually a lot of sequels. One of had Vincent Price in it. Yeah, I, they're was all getting, right here. I was going to
1: say, I remember... Yep, there they are. Here, hold on, let's see. Invisible Man, uh... Invisible Man Returns with Vincent Price, the Invisible Woman with Virginia Bruce, Invisible Agent, ooh Peter Lore, I like him, the Invisible Man's Revenge, Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible Man, yeah there's quite a few. And the thing about them is I've
0: watched them, go, a few of them in there. order some of them. And the thing is, i I watched them, and some are done more for comedic purposes, like the Invisible Man Returns, more comedic. Yeah. And the Invisible Woman, more comedic.
1: And then you have the uh, the creepy, more modern retakes of Hollow Man. Yeah,
0: and there's actually, there was a Silver years called Invisible Man in the 70s very briefly. He didn't go insane. He was like, he was like, as an agent. Yeah. And then there's almost one I almost forgot about, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde.
1: I was going to ask if, I was wondering if you were going to bring that up because that wasn't technically universal. It was hiding
0: in the corner. I couldn't
1: find it. <sighs> Are you Heckle or Jekyll? Who knows? Well, there you go. Magpie reference. But was it? I don't think that was a universal picture. Or maybe might, it well, it's classic horror. It but the original be. one in 1920 with John Barrymore? Yes. I couldn't and remember it might be. Barrymore. I think
0: of them in the era where science gone awry. Yeah, but and I if don't it know. it wasn't a universal picture, it should have been. It should
1: have been because you know, everybody knows the story. It's a short story by Robert Louis Stevenson.
0: I consider it. reading it the quintessential... Mad Science Story, because it's the idea of the Victorian London atmosphere. Yeah. And the thing with the formula... the fog the is thick he, as pea soup. The, the way he describes the formula, where it changes all these colors, and it's just, it's like 70 pages long.
1: Yeah, it's very But short. it's just one of these where I look is a classical horror story. And you look at it, that 70 so or so pages inspired decades. Of that Because how many versions of... Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde were there. There were. Dr. I, I, Jekyll and Sister Hyde. Dr. Jekyll and Ms. Hyde. All Did you these, ever see that one? Ms. Hyde? Yeah, oh, a, Mr. Hyde, the Daredevil villain. Yeah, I mean, there were some interesting interesting ones. And I but, guess he
0: started as a little brute, but then he got bigger, almost like the Hulk. Yeah, because
1: if you look at uh, the Van Helsing movie, which wasn't that great, but. Yeah, the Hulk was, or, yeah, he was like the Hulk. He was like, what, nine, ten feet tall. Or and... in
0: Penny Dreadful, but he's he's briefly
1: in there at the beginning. There for a cup of coffee. But then I was Russell great...
0: Crowe doing.
1: Yeah, but if you ever want to see a good show, watch that one, Penny Dreadful. It's over, but it's a good quality show.
0: And let's finish this up before the moon comes out, so we better talk about the Wolfman. Wolfman. Now, the interesting thing about the Wolfman, everything else we've talked about has been based on a novel or mythology. Well, technically, a lycanthrope. Say you can... Go back uh, to Ovid and the legend of Lycan. The werewolves yeah. have been around. Lycanthemies has been around for Yeah,
1: ages. I was going to say. And even uh, in native culture, they had. Um,
0: the Loop Guru, the. And I can't remember. Warefoxes.
1: Yeah, and I think were these not skinwalkers. That was something different. But it was some native reference to a shapeshifter. But the interesting part about this film guess who came up with
0: the idea for a film? Baila Lugosi.
1: No shit. And he wanted to play I I didn't know that.
0: David Skull's book, again, A Fountain of Information, as we are Fountains of Misinformation. You're going have to send me the title of that one. He's like great. I can't it. say enough about him. Maybe he'll be on here sometime, David. Hi. Hi. But he does to read your book. So in thorough. But Baylor came up with the idea, and he wanted to play him. So what did the studio do? They shafted him. They made yeah. him Baylor the Gypsy, who was a werewolf.
1: Who was a werewolf, but not the werewolf.
0: But then we had Lon Chaney Jr., very, very it. cursed- Sad.
1: Yeah. But great movie. He was bitten by a werewolf. Yes. Not Bella, was it? He was the werewolf. Yeah, but was he the one that bit him? Yep. Okay. Because well, what happens, he,
0: go? he goes to the gypsy camp. And of course, if you want to ever fool your friends or scared. I'm scare sorry, him,
1: but really, make the Hungarian a gypsy or the Romanian a gypsy? The mark, you would see the mark of the pentagram
0: in your next victim. Yeah. So. Actually, there's a, actually a neat comic book where, to catch a werewolf, a guy draws a pentagram on his hand and draw him out. Cute. But that's, that's smart, how though. you would see the ladies. But he goes to a camp. Then the werewolf overruns the camp. Right. He fends off. He saves his girl from the werewolf. But he gets bitten. And if you get bitten, you get the gift that keeps on giving. Every full moon. So that's what happens. Then, of course, his dad, mm. I think it was Charles. Was it Charles? It was... Because Basil, that wasn't Basil Rathbone, it was a famous actor who played his dad. I can't remember. But he's Sir Henry Talbot. And he kills him with his cane, but of course you can't keep a good monster down. So then started all the monster mashes. With all the different monsters in films, the mashups like House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula. But there's a point to make as well, if you watch very carefully for Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, did you realize Frankenstein's monster is blind? Watching the previous movie okay. goes to Frankenstein when Eager wants to put his brain in the monster. Remember that somehow they say the polarity's not the same, so they don't fit, so he's blind. So what you don't see, they cut a lot out of the movie. And remember in this film... Claude Rains was the father. Yes, thought so.
1: Yeah. I had to look it up. I'm sorry.
0: But Continue. what happens in this film, Bailey had a bad back. So three different people play the monster in this film. He plays it. Glenn Strange plays it, and actually Lon Chaney plays it in a couple scenes. I, but, I remember. But watch that. very carefully; you'll see him mouthing "I'm blind." Huh. Look very carefully for because they never say it.
1: I'm going to have to look for that. I never they never
0: infer it because at first they had him talking and explaining it, but they decided Ooh. to do that. But watch very carefully, and he will explain himself. Huh. See, that's a that's a little tidbit I did not know. But be careful, watch it, because that was the sequel <coughs> where he comes. But then they started having all the monsters; they figured. One's good. Let's have them all. Yeah,
1: if one's sold, all three of them will sell.
0: And usually the plot was, okay, I'm a scientist. I'm going to cure the wolfman. I find Frankenstein. I'm more interested in
1: him. Yeah. I'm Dracula. I'm Dracula. I'm Dracula's scientist. House of
0: Dracula. They were actually John Carradine's Dracula. They were going to cure him, but then they find the Frankenstein monster. Then you get a vengeful assistant who wants to get cured, so then all havoc goes. And then Marty
1: Feldman comes in. Yes.
0: It's a bunch of... It got a little crazy. Yeah, a little bit. So then they went off a different end and a better end, and I would actually consider this my favorite of all. Yeah. The Creature from the Black Lagoon. I was
1: going to say The Creature from the Black Lagoon, and yeah, you could see the zipper, but it was different than most... Now, where did that come from? Was that just a studio idea, or was that based on a legend? That's another one that wasn't based on any legend. Never know. Maybe there's a story. I'm sure there's some group somewhere that has a... You know, a swamp monster legend. I'm sure every culture has one. And the idea is, I guess in Florida,
0: you can go still with film and see the whole set.
1: Yeah, they still have the set up there. It's still there. Which is weird that it survived all the hurricanes and whatnot. And
0: everything else is still around. But I remember this movie, it was done in 3D. Might have been It was done in 3D when hmm. it came out. And it scared the heck out of me when I was a kid. And the whole idea was that music. Yeah. The da-da-da. That's the thing. It was very atmospheric. And again. the hand coming out.
1: Yeah, the flipper hand. And the thing to realize, again, he just wants to be left alone. Yeah, that's he all was, he wanted. People were encroaching on his territory, and he got upset and defended it. They paid it. no rent. They came in, messed with yeah. them. Yeah. You know, so it would be like if you were sitting down with to dinner and somebody walked into your house. You're going to get upset. And then they had to go back and bother him. Again. And they did a
0: couple. The, creature, the Return of the Creature and the Creature Walks Among Us. Yes. And in the Return of the Creature, they get him and kidnap him. Yeah, and bring try him as like a, on him. They bring him as a little sp- the seashell attraction. He yeah. escapes.
1: A la Shape of Water.
0: It's actually a lot like Shape of yeah. Water. And then Clint Eastwood's actually in Return of the Creature to Brit bit part. It's like he's in Tarantula.
1: Oh shit! I Very small part. I've seen that movie.
0: But then the third one, they experiment on him. They get him to breathe, he becomes a man. Then he can't fit in in the water. Why don't they just leave him alone? That's the
1: thing. Why do humans got to wreck
0: everything? What's he do at the end of the second film? He goes,
1: swims away. Yeah, he swims away. So, Why do humans got to be dicks? That's the whole idea. And again, it's sympathetic. Yeah, it is. It's a, that's what it is. It's sympathetic. So those are what, the big five or six?
0: Yes, yeah, so and there's many. We said there's yeah, many, Actually, many. the
1: one I didn't know was a universal monster picture. Remember when we went to see uh, The Cat and the Canary? Oh, yeah. That's silent movie, whatever, Thursday. Yeah. That's technically universal.
0: Which was done, again, as sort of a like comedy movie, Bob, Hope, but it was very, in the silent one it was quite scary.
1: Yeah. Um, but now let's move up real quick, as we briefly mentioned it, the dark universe. The first, they, I think, what was their original purpose? They were going to remake the Universal Monsters in a more modern thing. So the first one they made was Dracula Untold. Which was not terrible. Not terrible. And thankfully, Victor Frankenstein was not part of that. Or I Frankenstein, or I Frankenstein which, the, which is one of
0: the worst movies I've
1: ever seen. Uh, but Victor Frankenstein, you know, I'm sorry. Who was the the scientist? Was, was it Ewan Professor McGregor? X.
0: No, it was Professor X there.
1: McAvoy. Oh, oh, yeah, because Harry yeah. Potter was his assistant. Remember? Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe was Igor. And they got
0: rid of his hump very... Yeah, because it
1: was basically just a big pimple. Yeah. And so gross, but terrible movie. But the first one was Dracula Untold, which wasn't bad. No, and they show how he becomes... And that's <clears throat> They have flaws, but
0: I do like origin stories that are done well. They give a rationale behind him. And he doesn't start off as a bad
1: guy. No. Becomes one, but... And then the second... And then the, the turd they laid, <laughs> because I'm going to be honest, it was a turd, was the Mummy remake with Tom Cruise. That's all i got to say about that. The
0: thing about that movie, again, they try to lay it down because there is a the head of the creature of the Black Lagoons in Dr. Jekyll's lab. Yeah. And Dr. Jekyll's played by Russell Crowe.
1: Yeah. But... It was one of those movies where it was just a miscast, and it almost mainly. felt
0: like Tom Cruise. I'm a star. I want to do this movie. Yeah, he
1: he didn't really feel like he belonged there. And the thing is, the Mummy over the years
0: has become back with the Brendan Fraser Mummy films, and there's supposedly going to be another one, like it or not. Uh, George Romero originally was going to direct the first one, and he said had he done it, he would have made it a lot more like the '30s. The Mummy became very, very
1: superpowered. Well, it's the thing he became literally a. A god. Who was he, um I'm Amenth- Remember Am- Am- Amhotep. Amhotep, Emotep, yeah.
0: But he became incredible. He could sandstorms, winds, everything. Derute Sandstorm, Derude Sandstorm. So he became something different. And of course Eric Abari was in it.
1: Oh, the great Eric Avari, who if you've never had a chance to meet You've seen him. Yeah. Uh and then, according to this. Dark Universe was supposed to make
0: Bride of Frankenstein. Well, they? that's
1: yeah. The only ones they have in the the queue right now are the Bride of Frankenstein and the Invisible Man. Remember, at a time there was a going to be a creature from the Black Lagoon remake, and my theory was this. Bear with me while I theorize that in this era of humans being dicks, as per Uge, he was going to be. A vengeful environmental spirit who was going to come and stop people from polluting. I admit... So basically a horror mover, horror
0: version of Captain Planet. Helm being a favorite of mine, uh, there's an independent comic that they did in 3D that's very good. Art Adams did the art who's very good. But I'm really glad they haven't done a remake. And I think the thing is you blow it on these movies because you miss the feeling. The character, well, he's not just some slasher monster there's a pathos to them there's something to them yeah. there's an atmosphere we we're too used to the shocks and scares now and or... the
1: gore because of directors like Eli Roth you know with um Hostel and all that shit now The Green
0: Inferno which makes
1: Hostel oh, look like a day the... what a pile but in any event but the one thing I I find irritating about these r- remakes quote air quotes that bomb is it has the possibility of turning off a younger viewer from seeing the original
0: and you know, i remember as a kid i used to look forward to halloween every year cuz in october we didn't cable or anything these movies would pop up yeah and they it would was show a treat up. but i think some people yeah. now would sit there oh, it's boring it's boring and this was
1: back in the day when there were no vcrs there was no on demand so you had to either go to the theater or pray that it came on and TV. Zombies came a little later, but monsters. It was late 60s. But what happens
0: is these monsters are always with us. Look at pop culture, TV, movies, everywhere, and they keep coming back in
1: style. You get vampires, werewolves. Well, vampires will never die. I haven't uh, seen the Invisible Man come back yet. Uh, what's that? Seven? Who's keeping tabs?
0: But you could still do. There's still very good characters in this material. They are, good material. and there's
1: and there's a lot of Stories you can tell with them because they could get into a lot of different adventures, and there's a lot of interpretations of the origins of them, like the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Like, what drove him to this? What was he trying to do? They're always they always say no
0: matter what happens to them, they're always trying to do for the betterment of man. Right. Because, but you messed. And remember the religious elements to this. You were playing God, playing God. Yes. Prometheus, something, and not good to. Well, was
1: that not the uh, the Frankenstein thing? The, really? Sub, is it subtitle or Modern Prometheus? Yeah, but what's that term called? It's like Frankenstein, or what's the, the Modern term? Prometheus? Right, but what's the t- the term for that second part of the title? I have no it's idea. It's like Moby Dick or the White Whale. Subtitle? Is it a subtitle? I can't remember. But yeah, he was the Modern Prometheus. And if you don't know Prometheus, that's he stole a, that... fire from the gods and paid a little Ooh, bit of a price. did he piss off the gods? Greek mythology, by the way. Was it Greek or Roman? Greek. It was Greek. It's all greek to me but i'm ching anyways yes but anyways so that you know i i i don't know how the new bride of frankenstein will be if it comes out because now there's rumor because the (coughs) excuse me the Mummy came out, what, late 2017, and there hasn't been a peep I out of that. I think
0: them and the DC Universe both have to get their jobs in order. Yeah, and there stuff hasn't together. been a
1: peep out of that studio since Well, the, Wonder the Woman E4 e should be good, but mm-hmm. they, they got to mix. They're going to have new Batmans, new Supermans, so. But we'll see. But I guess the point of this, as we wrap it up, is that, like what they are, the Universal Monsters will never die. And they've been entertaining and scaring the hell out of people since the 1920s and 30s and you know I I think that's another thing people love to be scared because it takes it takes their mind off of what's going and on and they make damn you. good halloween costumes too well that's the thing how many times when you were a kid did and you see and they fit that, in the because like Bela did not Lungster look in. like Dracula really Christopher Lee or Gary Oldman did but who do you think of Dracula Bela right the head waiter from hell yeah and you know how cuz he had that uh the hourglass, ira- or yeah. pupils—you know yeah. how they did that. Oh. Shined a light; they had like a little, oh. little laser pen light, oh. and they shined it in his eyes.
0: Only thing I don't get about vampires they're repelled by the sun, but the moon's bright
1: by sunlight. Right. Oh well, imagination, leap of faith, leave me alone. I'm sorry. Well, it's the same. Su- it's the Superman principle. Yeah. Why doesn't the moon give him powers? But. On
0: that note, do you got anything else? Uh, yes, go on for the advertiser or sponsor. Oh, yeah, so we I are, one thing to say.
1: This episode of Universal Horror Monsters brought to you once again by Upsitnik and Associates. Lawyers for you, the people from the Supreme Court to Alaska, all points in between. Over 40 years of experience. Visit them on Facebook, Upsitnik and Associates. On the interweb, UpsitniksLaw.com. Find us. We're on everywhere. We're trying to be everywhere. YouTube, iTunes, blah, 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 blah. Website coming. I'm still working on it.
0: What do you got? Well, actually, what happened with the Universal Monsters is by the 50s, we had new anxieties. It was the atomic era. And we st- UFOs with the whole incidents like at Roswell and everything. So we started getting more saucers. We had the BEMs, which were the bug-eyed monsters. <laughs> so they took the place, So we started getting we will-do episode on these. I was going to say, that'll,
1: we, that'll be the next but one. But as we, we end this sci-fi. episode,
0: we are going to segue into that one. This is an end of things. We're going to play my good friend Kim Dreheim and Heidi falcon Moondrop Elkadu who Susie's mentioned, Infrared Radiation Orchestra. They did a song called The Love Thing from Zontar, The Thing from Venus. So we're going to end oh, it with Jesus. that as a little thing to stay tuned for when we do the next one, and then we'll do something for Slasher stuff for that if I could find the song. Yeah, we'll Take find it easy.
1: Slashers, All Monsters coming up, so enjoy, stay tuned, and we will see you later, and don't open the